<laughs> in the context of uh, the other recordings that we have done for the Odyssey Truth Terrain channel or for Hermione's Breakfast first podcast, we have been talking a lot about you know teenage year hormonal imbalances, psychological imbalances, and you have done Buteco and you have done it for a while now. And I mean, I, I am not going to be the one saying that it made a big difference for you. In fact, I would be. I mean, if there's any warning to do about Buteco, is the cleansing reactions warning, yeah? You have to be very aware that you have to go through cleansing reactions. And when it comes to your cleansing reactions, they're certainly the wildest I have ever seen. So maybe you want to start with that. Maybe you want to start with the bad part of it. It's like there is a tough part about the Buteco method and... So, obviously, I was introduced to the method by you, um, but, so let, can I just, I'm just going to speak frankly. So, we were dating, and obviously I was aware that it was something that you were doing, but I, and I, I would witness you doing the pauses and things and find it sort of hilarious and do my own imitations without actually doing the method. I would, like, imitate you doing Botego. Um, because it seemed kind of <laughs> to, to watch when you have no idea what it is the person's actually doing is amusing. Um, but obviously you were really passionate about it and you, you did it kind of, I don't use religiously in like a, I, as in it was very much part of your day and I was aware of that. Um, and then obviously you became aware that I was on um, Loxetine, which is an antidepressant, um, which is basically Prozac, which I didn't even know it was Prozac until you told me it was Prozac. Um, so you discovered that I was on the medication and that I wanted to come off the medication. Um, and I decided that I was going to go cold turkey. So from that day, literally threw them in the bin and never took one again. Um, and you signed me up well, for the beginner's course. I threw it to the bean as a yeah. staging of demonstrating to yeah. you that this was bad for you, but I took them back from the bean to tell you, and I then, don't do it cold turkey. And I yet you then, decided I to go cold turkey. Because um, the thing is, it had been something I'd been kind of afraid of coming off them because a lot I've, I've made so many changes in my life. So my life in a lot of ways looked completely unrecognizable when I first went on them so for whatever reason they allowed me to make positive changes in my life or I felt in some way this kind of dependence or a sense of if I come off them will all of the positive changes that have happened will it go back to how it was before and there was a sort of fear of that and then this sense of am I only the person I am now because of the medication and actually without the medication will I kind of go backwards and it was the sense of like, I just don't want to be that person again. But then, um, I don't know, because I didn't actually know, I didn't know what Botego was still. So that was kind of this dramatic, okay, I'm coming off them and I'm just going to embrace it and I'm going to see what happens and everything is going to be, it will be what it will be, but I'm just going to do it because if I don't, I'll never know. Um, and I was well, pretty certain I didn't need them anymore. You didn't come off the medication because you were going to do Buteco, you no. just came off them. I Boom. came off them. Period. And then you signed me up for Buteco 
And I think I'd actually been off them for a few months, maybe, by that point. My timeline is that is still kind of hazy for the whole thing. Um, I would say weeks, not months. Well, no, because I came off them before Christmas, and I think it was in the new year that I started doing the method, but I can't remember. Anyway, so basically, you signed me up for it, and you were like, here's the login details. Um, but I actually had no idea what you signed me up for. I knew it was something to do with breathing, but I was kind of like, oh, maybe it's some sort of meditation thing. And you hadn't really mentioned to me that there would be any cleansing. So actually, the opposite of what is recommended in terms of, like, start doing the method, knowing what it is you're doing. I did the opposite of that, in that I didn't really know what I was doing. And then um, I pushed myself, because I'm quite a like ambitious person and if there's a task at hand of like this is how you get better it's like well I'm going to do it and then I obviously really went for it with the maximum pauses really early on and just unleashed I mean and it was like once you've once you've unleashed it you can't go back from that it's like the wheels are in motion that cannot be undone um and it was I honestly nothing could have prepared me for that time and there were there was one point where I was at my parents house and I honestly thought I was dying I was like I and there was a point where I was like to be honest I actually death would be better than this I'm just I could hardly swallow I could hardly breathe um I had all these ulcers in my mouth um everything was an effort I couldn't eat I couldn't really sleep um obviously I had my mouth taped up and it was just it was horrible so when we're talking about your cleansing reactions then it could be blamed because at the time I wasn't mm. I was not studying or training to be a practitioner no. I just told you this thing is great do it yeah, yeah I mean I'm not in any and way you, blaming you no I'm no no you went through the cleansing reactions I, I want to make a point here it's very important to understand mm. when you do buteco you have to do it with the guidance yeah. of an expert practitioner mm -hmm. and it's not that you weren't doing it without an expert practitioner because you did the official learn buteco online course but perhaps mm -hmm. because you were with, with me and at the time i was so enthusiastic yeah. about it you just went really crazy about it you went really fast on in terms of growing your poses extremely quickly and pushing really hard and it's not to blame myself or to no, or no. to blame anybody about the cleansing reaction you had but it has to be is to make a point that it has to be done skillfully yes and the skill comes to re on recognizing that there is two types of practices one is to grow the poses and the second one is to treat the cleansing reactions yeah. so the cleansing reactions are good news but you have to know that there is a different approach for them yeah. and it's much gentler. Mm -hmm. And you might have probably not caught on that because there, your reactions came very quickly. Yeah. So you went through that whole period, but the message is you don't have to, if you do it well, no. it's manageable. And that's where, so after we broke up, um, an actual re a rebellion of mine was completely stopping the practices. But no, I mean, there's a lot of things tied up in that, but I, I sort of stopped doing, I mean, after the cleansing reactions, it was like I was finding out about the method the other way around. So rather than knowing what it is and then doing the thing, it's like 
I started doing the thing, had these cleansing reactant, right, reactions, and then it was like, okay, I'm, I, if I'd known this was going to happen, I would have, because at the time I was a living carer, and it was like, that's a really intense, I, I literally can't be having these cleansing reactions and do that job at the same time, so it's kind of like I ended up getting, I had to be signed off work for a bit, and it was kind of like, this is really inconvenient, and if I'd known, I wouldn't have done this right now, or I would have done it in a different way, so at that, that stage it was kind of like, okay, I can't undo what's happening, this is happening, in an ideal world it wouldn't have been like this, but never mind. Anyway, second time round, so I'd had like maybe six or seven months um, without doing the practices. There were times where I was still breathing through my nose, so there are there things I'd learned during that time that weren't for nothing, but I wasn't doing three sets of practices a day. Um, I did find that if I was experiencing some symptoms, I would do some informally for myself and it would make a difference but I was, um, I entered I'd say another chaotic time. Um, I was off the antidepressants um, but I was by no means I'd say um, entirely well. Um, <laughs> I was struggling with a few things and um, when I came back to the method it was from a place of understanding what it was and knowing what I was doing and having an awareness of certain pauses, reaching certain numbers, that that would trigger potentially some cleansing. So it's, I could factor it in. It's like, okay, I'm going to grow my pauses, which means... But obviously, at that time, I had sort of gone back to my parents' house and there wasn't... Um, I'd removed things that meant that my focus, my sole focus was my health and my body. Um, so actually, th that worked perfectly for me at that time because it was like, okay, I've got, um, I've been off the medication for well, almost a year by that point. Um, I understand what this method is about. I've experienced some of the benefits of it already. Um, and now is the time to really focus on it and take it seriously. Um, and that's when I noticed, um, having got the worst of the cleansing out of the way, um, it was, I, I was kind of welcoming all of the um, new cleansing reactions because I knew that once I'd worked through them, I was going to feel infinitely better. Yes, because you're already experiencing some changes. Could you tell us about it? Um, hmm. Okay, so disclaimer, I haven't prepared for this at all. Um, that's okay. Well, that's so, that's the good thing about it. So I am I'm, uh, like remembering it in. I mean, I guess you're always remembering in real time, but it's like I haven't thought about it, got some notes, and I'm like, here's a concise list of things in order in which it happened. It's just, um, I think, it became taking the mouth up at night makes. I'm sorry. Can I can I interject? I'm sorry. Maybe. Let's start with an eagle's eye view. Mm. From your perspective right now, mm. what has Buteyko done for you? It's... It's, mm. it's allowed me to tune in to my body in a way that I never would have done without it. And not only to tune into it, but to have a sense of it being a constant collaboration between me 
in terms of my mind and spirit and my body and that they are not always one and the same thing so there are some times where I feel like you can be trying to put your body into situations that your body just doesn't want to be in um, or there are certain conditions that your body just doesn't like and if you really stop and you listen your body can teach and heal without you really doing anything in fact all you have to do is stop and try to breathe as little as possible and it's like that's literally all you have to do and your body will do the rest and that to me is completely mind-blowing because it's not like you're it's like it's not like an impossible task it's like what you have to do is quieten your mind enough clear your schedule enough and create the conditions in which your body will literally sort it all out you just have to do these very simple things which are taping your mouth up when you sleep trying to not breathe through your mouth during the day having an awareness of when you're talking knowing that you probably will mouth breathe but you can do things to counteract that um, and then just with the breathing through your nose tuning into it as much as you can throughout the day and then just doing pauses to check where you're, and you know as soon as you start a pause you can you you can sense by your own need to breathe and where that is in space and time how well you are so it's kind of if you are having a cleansing reaction but you've got a control pause of like 25 you know you're not actually the, the thing is happening but it's not um it's it's a releasing of something that needs to be released you're not actually suffering in the way you might feel you're suffering mm -hmm. um and i think that for me as soon as I realised that it took away an element of panic because I think if you have been someone that's suffered from various health conditions and they've been debilitating, as soon as you have a whiff in your body of that thing happening again, you get incredibly afraid because you're like, oh my goodness, this is happening and I'm going to be ill for three months. Like instantly that thought for me was there of like, how long is this going to be? Because it's like, I get a cold and what a, no a normal person would seem to clear or it wouldn't stop them from doing their normal life is that I would get something whatever it was going around my immune system seemed to like have no defenses towards anything so it's like I'd get everything going around and it would take me months months to get it out of my system and not only that it was like whatever the whatever the thing was that I'd pick up it would then trigger a whole other set of responses in my body so it's like my glands would swell up that was one of the things and that was obviously with the cleansing what happened first was the neck area the neck and the mouth it was an exacerbation of all of those things um but i was so used to as soon as i felt that happening my body would go into a state of panic of okay how long is my life going to be put on hold now how long am i going to be stopped from doing the things i really want to do because i'd have to make so many sacrifices because I wasn't physically able to do the things I really wanted to be doing. So as soon as I felt unwell, 
I wouldn't have a, oh, you know, I'm just a little bit under the weather and it will clear in a few days. I would just be this catastrophic thinking of, I'm going to have to, I'm going to be bed bound for three months. I'm going to have to cancel all of my work engagements. I'm going to have to stop everything. Um, so having this sense of, I'm actually able to clear something from my system and this is my measurement for how well or, well or not I'm doing that. Um, so, so you've got to measure that you can be sure it's going to give you a sense of the reality that you're in and all you have to do is up that measure, mm. upper, upper, and upper. then, exactly, yeah. and then, and then that's, that's a very clear way of dealing with something that can be extremely confusing. Mm. Yeah. And it's not just the control pause, so with the maximum pauses, you have a sense of, oh, if, if I'm struggling to get to 60, I know that's a problem. Like, I need to be able to get myself to 60. Um, so I think you kind of identify with different numbers of, um, if I'm struggling to get to that, I know that I'm going to be feeling this way, but I know if I manage to get myself to that, that I'll be feeling this way, because it kind of, there's a set of, I don't know, for me, there's a set of sensations that I experience in relation to what numbers are comfortable on that day. So if I've got a really bad headache, for example, and there, I know there are a few times where you did practices with me over the phone when I had those headaches, um, and you're just sort of gradually coax me up to a different, to a number that I maybe wouldn't have been able to do on my own. I think that's where, when you are really suffering with something, um, like I think for day to day, mostly you're able, once you understand the method, you are able to take care of yourself in that, in that sense. But certainly there are points where you kind of need someone to guide you in that journey. Definitely. What are the specific things you, you gave us now, like a general view of, what the method has done for you. Mm. What are the specific things that were there before, specific symptoms that you had before that now have disappeared, mm -hmm. or you feel much more confident mm. to treat when, when they appear and you have managed them, basically? Um, well, the... Okay, so list of things that I was struggling with. Chronic fatigue, constant cold, flu, sore throat, sore throat kind of symptoms. Um, in general, I have like a, a cold all year round, essentially. And like all of my friends would kind of be like, oh, I've just got a cold again. It was just a thing of like, I would always have tissues. I would always have a cold. I would always be borderline unwell. And if anyone was unwell, they'd be like, Hermione's going to get it. Um, wow. It was just like, I was just the one that was always ill. Wow. Um, because, yeah, I mean, so I spoke in the one when we were doing the breakfast before um, about the removal of the fallopian tube, but it was, so that obviously was a, a, was a trauma that happened in my body. So part of um, the later stages of cleansing that I've gone through and and still going through is that kind of, healing of the trauma, but also the kind of internal scar tissue um, that was left 
um, obviously I don't know what it looks like, but I, I can describe the sensations and um, I mean, it's, I say I can describe it, but it's, it is difficult to describe, but I just know what's happening in that regard. It's like, um, yeah, so that, okay, so that's later stages of cleansing. So that was kind of, in a way, it's almost like the cleansing goes with the most recent thing that you're, you're, mo you're kind of, the, the ailment that's maybe drawn you to the method, which for me was the chronic fatigue and the kind of constantly being just a bit under the weather um, and definitely like sore throats and massively swollen glands that were kind of borderline painful. Um, so that was the main thing. And then obviously depression, um, which has been there kind of throughout. Um, Hormonal? Yeah, well the hormonal stuff is linked then back with the removal of the fallopian tube. So, um, the fallopian tube removal is its own kind of thing where I know that internally there would have been scar tissue and I can feel now that I've got the other cleansing out of the way that my body has been addressing that. But before that, um, and the reason that the tube got twisted in the first place was because of cysts. So I'd have been prone to having ovarian cysts um, and cysts on my ovaries. Um, and the, I've had various scans and various tests which like you've got polycystic ovary syndrome or you've got polycystic ovaries, which is different to polycystic ovary syndrome. Anyway, I'm not really sure even about, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me what the, the fact is, um, my body seemed to be prone to developing cysts, which sometimes would just disperse of their own accord, which is I think usually what happens, but other times would cluster or start to grow. And that was where there was one that was on the ovaries that had got so big that it caused it to twist around. So sometimes my periods would be incredibly painful to the point where I'd have to go to hospital to get pain relief because I'd have like paracetamol and ibuprofen, like, so four tablets every four hours and it wouldn't even touch it. it four tablets each four hours? Yeah. So I'd have two paracetamol and two ibuprofen at the same time. So all four of those tablets um, every four to six hours or however much you're allowed them. And it's like, it literally would make absolutely no difference at all. Month after month. Yeah. And it would be like bed bound. I could hardly, it would be like doubled over in pain. Um, it was, it was horrendous. But then it's kind of, when I did then have the chronic fatigue syndrome, um, so I got glandular fever when I was, I think, early 20s, and that was misdiagnosed as tonsillitis, so I was on loads of antibiotics, which obviously weren't doing anything because I didn't have tonsillitis. Um, at the same time, I was pushing my body to the max, um, travelling with quartet, doing competitions, doing quite high-profile, high-pressure performances. Um, for, for that being at, at that age and also being <laughs> unwell. Um, yeah, I remember like there was one time and I look back now and I'm just like, why on earth did you not say I'm in incredible amounts of pain and discomfort? You just won't tell anybody. Or I would, I'd, I'd, I mean, I don't even really know what was going on. I was just like, for me, 
the focus was okay we're going to New York to do this performance at Carnegie Hall whether I'm like well enough well enough to do it or not is like I want to do it and I'm not going to not do it because of whatever it is that's going on in my body so it's just like you know if they give me loads of antibiotics and tell me that I'll be able to carry on doing stuff then I'll do that but really what I needed to do was stop completely everything <clears throat> and that's the one thing I just did not want to do is what Hugh was talking about in the podcast, in yeah. the Learn Boteco podcast yeah. the other day, like, we need to slow down. Oh my goodness, yeah. You, you agree? Yeah. So, so, are you trying to tell me that all that pain, all that suffering, all those misbalances in your body, hormonal, psychological, all that stuff, was addressed by your practice of a breathing method. I mean, <laughs> what? what? Yeah, so, basically, what I can't believe really now, and I, there are still areas where I am needing to ad address things and work on things, mostly in terms of stamina and exercise, um, because obviously that's something that I was pushing my body beyond its limits, um, and I was then kind of dependent on a concoction of medicines. Um, I was also drinking quite a lot. I was also having a lot of sugar, a lot of caffeine. So it's like I was relying on various um, external means to facilitate the lifestyle I wanted, well, the lifestyle that I was living at that time. Um, facilitate? <laughs> huh. I was like, okay, I, I want to practice for however many hours, but I feel absolutely exhausted. So it's like I just have loads of sugar. Um, and so I have these peaks and troughs constantly of like these bursts of energy and intense focus followed by just horrendous dips um, where I feel, I mean, the chronic fatigue period of time, to be honest, I can't actually remember. Um, I was signed off Academy for months at a time. And I was literally spent most of my life, it seemed, during that window of time sleeping. I would, I would sleep all day and then all night for weeks at a time where I just didn't have energy to really do anything. Um, I think it's amazing how so many women suffer with these conditions. And it's amazing how good you are at hiding them. Mm. Like it's hard to notice. But you are telling me now these things and I didn't notice it in your attitude. Mm. I never felt that you were tired or depressed or anything like that. I just have a I just have a sense of when someone is toxic and I yeah. could tell, yeah. I mean the skin, things like that, yeah. Mm. But you are hiding it so well. It's quite incredible that, and, and this connects with the, the tolerance to pain that we were talking about the other day. I'm not sure how good that is to have such incredible tolerance <laughs> to pain. I mean, we should have some, but certainly not to, the, to that extreme. So, and, and when you do your practice, what yeah. is it? Because, so at what point, at, at what point did you start to notice that Buteco could actually heal you, literally? 
Um, do you know? Do you know why it's healing you? Okay, so what has been great about this last bit of time being here in Spain with you, which I'm loving, by the way, um, is watching your journey with Botego. Look at this amount of sweat. Are you, are you okay? Shall we, shall we move? Um, I mean, I'm sweating a lot, but I think that's actually Well, if you're uncomfortable, we can... No, it's, I mean, it's good to sweat, isn't it? Yeah, but don't get burned. Is your skin burning? <laughs> okay. I think it's good. I think it's good. I am. I know this is being filmed, but I am just going to take my petticoat off. Sure. Okay. Uh, just, just five, five minutes. <laughs> Jesus. It's done. Okay. Um, what was the question again? Oh yeah. Um, so you, you are going to eat this. Do okay. in terms of the science? Oh, was that because you wanted to? Eat no, no, no. In terms of the science of what's actually happening when you're doing the breath holds. That to me wasn't of interest at the time. Like when you're actually in discomfort or suffering from something, it's like you don't re you don't really care what it is doing. It's like either it makes you feel better or it doesn't. Okay. So for me, it was like I just knew it was working. I didn't know how it was working, and I didn't actually really care to be honest. As like I'm able to address this pain and discomfort, not only address it but also shift it. And then somehow reverse it. So with the period pain, for example, it's like I have a period right now. And I haven't taken any painkillers. And I'm sat out in the sun. And I'm able to think clearly. Mm. And I'm not in any discomfort. Mm. And that to me is... You did have some discomfort yes, yes. though, but you treated it, right? Yes, I treated it. So what I realised with the intermediate... Um, Bottega. So I've now done beginners twice, the first time with the intense cleansing and then I did it again um, and then I did the intermediate and then I did the advanced and what I learned with the intermediate was although I haven't really linked it with exercise yet but for me the belly pumps so doing the breath holds and then sort of in some way engaging the area that is linked with the pain and discomfort and for me, that's now my new painkiller. Mm. Is I don't take paracetamol and ibuprofen. That's like, crazy. I, I do the breath holds and I do the belly pumps and then I do shallow breathing. Some if it's really bad, I will lie on the bed and lie on my side. Um, do the belly pumps and then do some shallow breathing and then sometimes just fall asleep, have a little rest and wake up and it's fine. A breathing painkiller, people. I mean, if someone had told me that, I would have honestly probably just laughed in their face and said it's completely sure. ridiculous. Because um, it does sound ridiculous. And it's that, it's like, well, you have no idea the pain and suffering I'm going through. So it's all well and, and good for you, a healthy individual, to tell me some bit of wisdom that you think might make a difference, but it doesn't really matter to you whether or not it works. It's like, why should I believe what you say above what I'm feeling? And I think often, like... That's fair. I think that, you know, certainly when I was depressed or with the chronic fatigue syndrome actually is one where there's a lot of differing views around it. So in terms of what it's caused by, I mean, so actually I didn't finish that train of thought before. So when I first had the glandular fever and I didn't stop and I instead had a shitload of antibiotics for tonsillitis, which I didn't have, so it made no difference. I was obviously still very unwell. Um, and then that led 
to chronic fatigue syndrome. So it's basically if you have glandular fever and you don't stop and clear it from your system, it then research has shown can go to chronic fatigue syndrome or ME. Um, so it's like CFS or ME is what it's kind of referred to. Um, and no one really knows what it's caused by. That's one of the things that it seems like people who have it have had glandular fever. So, you know, the Epstein-Barr virus and it hasn't been cleared from your system or something. Um, but to me, that was like, I don't really, I'm not really that interested about how I got this. I just want to know how I get rid of it. And there isn't a cure. Um, so it's kind of, I'd be on various waiting lists for things from the NHS. Um, I had a course of CBT and then they suggested graded exercise therapy. But for me, the CBT did help because um, it's essentially, it's not in any way reversing it, but it's um, helping you to have a coping mechanism for the symptoms. So in terms of looking how you schedule your time. So if you have got chronic fatigue syndrome, then obviously your schedule becomes of like the utmost importance to have control over it. Because if you don't, it it can make you infinitely worse. So what you are encouraged to do, um, and I still do it, um, as well as the potato, it's like I have a kind of a, a series of things in my toolkit, so you realise what kinds of tasks or what kinds of interactions drain your energy and what kinds of things give you energy and what your recovery time is. So sometimes it would be, you'd have a really busy day with like back-to-back -back meetings and you'd have, you know, juggling different tasks and actually that day you were completely fine, but a few days later you were bedbound. So it was actually looking at trying to identify patterns in your body and how it's responding to different things. So actually that way of thinking with the Botego for me is really helpful. Because it's like now I still try to have a sense of, well, okay, I've got this two hour meeting, so I'm not gonna do anything in the afternoon, I'm just gonna have nothing. Like if you have the luxury of being able to take control of your own schedule, then I think it's kind of having an awareness of how everything impacts your body. And I think that's still, obviously I didn't know about Bottega at the time, but I still think there are probably things that people do in their life that deepens their breathing. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah. you don't even realise it. It's just like that. It's just, yeah, having that awareness, I think. And it goes back to one of your questions that you asked at the beginning about what Bottega's done for me. Again, that's part of it, is the awareness of the impact of your surroundings on your body. So whether it's your food, or whether it's exercise, or whether it's interactions, um, it's not saying to stop doing those things. It's just be like, okay, if you know that you find this sort of interaction stressful, or you find this sort of task really draining, how can you use Botego then as a way of making that more manageable? Or, you know, and actually I was finding when everything went online because of COVID, I hate technology. And then all of a sudden, all of my interactions were online and I'd be sat in front of a computer screen all day. And I, I noticed flare ups of my symptoms again. Um, so then it was a case of, okay, actually, am I able to really focus on my shallow breathing during these meetings? It's not saying that I'm not, like that I'm checking out of what is happening. It's just checking into my own body at the same time exactly um and i then started to to really prioritize the shallow breathing trying to speak less in the meetings um and then 
trying to, to factor in pauses or, or breaks between things and doing a set of pauses in those breaks. Yeah. Whereas before it would have been like, okay, I'm exhausted, I'm going to go and have a bag of Haribo and a cup of coffee so that I'm able to do the next thing. It's like, okay, in that 10 minutes, I could stuff my face with those things, then have a crazy high for the next meeting and then be completely dead at the end of the day. Or I could use the 10 minutes to sit cross-legged, do some shallow breathing and a set of pauses. And it's just like... Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, you have told us about the beginner's course, which you did twice. You have told yeah. us about the intermediate course, but you have also done the advanced course. Tell us about Ta-da! it. <laughs> um, yeah, the advanced course. Unleash the advanced. The advanced course was one of the most helpful things to happen during that time. Because I think the cleansing reactions had addressed or had... I was still aware that I have depressive episodes. And I'm not saying that doing the Tago gets rid of those. And actually, I, don't, it's, I think often those depressive episodes are in response to something um, that is important for me to understand. So it's not like they're coming out of nowhere. Although sometimes it feels that way. Um, so it's it's kind of having a different relationship with everything that you're experiencing and I think the other practices didn't address the mind which for me was one of my ultimate battles was with my own mind so what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> what am I? <laughs> um, I don't know I mean I've, I've done a lot of so when I started taking the antidepressants, um, I was doing a lot of yoga and meditation and was reading a lot of Buddhist books. Um, I went to some Buddhist kind of chanting sessions with a friend of mine. Um, and it, I think I needed something to take away the initial barriers. initial barriers do you want to stop no the initial barriers so I think the turning point for me when I said I don't want to live like this I this has been going on for too long changes need to happen otherwise I am gonna die I'm I'm either going to die from what's my body's my body and mind are dying I can feel it happening and I don't want to be alive and that's not good enough like I, I need to do something about it and even if it turns out that I've the, the decisions I make are a mistake at least I've made some decisions at this point I don't even care about the consequences because it's like oh you know you do this thing and you die and I'd be like well good <laughs> like thank god um so it's like what well, I've literally got nothing to lose I don't I don't care anymore so how's that connected to the advanced course? Well, so what happened was, as soon as I made that statement to myself and then verbalised it to my parents, um, my boyfriend at the time, and then a doctor, and 
decided and said, look, okay, I am, I'm going to take this medication. I've been putting it off this whole time. I've wanted to, I've been in psychotherapy for two years. I'd tried everything I could without taking medication. Um, and it just, none of it was working. And so that kind of admission of, okay, the one thing I didn't ever want to do is now happening. And I'm taking medication for depression. Um, and I'm gonna do, you know, the doctor said, sign me off work for, I think it was three weeks. And I told my employer that I was depressed. And I was like, here's the note from the doctor. Um, and everyone was really supportive, but it was like, okay, the thing I've been hiding or trying to hide from everyone this whole time has now been admitted by me to myself and to others. Um, and I've now got these three weeks where I'm not at work. Um, and it was the first time, I mean, literally I never had holidays. Even as a child, I was like on music courses, I was like always focused on something, always pushing myself forward, propelling myself to the next challenge of thing that I was gonna achieve or overcome. Um, and so then I started taking the medication and I stopped everything else. And everyone knew why I was stopping everything else, so they weren't pestering me to do anything. Um, and during that time I started yoga, I started reading um, a lot of Buddhist books, as I said, and I started to think differently. And I think when I did the advanced course, it was like doing that again. But having gone through this whole journey and then also being off medication, so it was kind of weirdly like, what have I learnt this whole time? And yes, the first time I did this, it was on the medication, but now I'm doing it and I'm not having any, I haven't got any medication, I'm not drinking alcohol anymore, I'm not having sugar, I've addressed all of these things, I've changed so many things in my life. Um, and then doing the advanced was a kind of sort of completion of that chapter of like this is I'm, this is the feeling I had was that there's something bigger than me that I need to learn from and I don't know how there's something bigger than you that is you yeah mm -hmm. and it was and that's where and I, I don't know we can edit this out if it's too much but that's where when I was doing the advanced it was after the first session um, but I did my mirror gazing meditation mm. and that's where I had this incredibly powerful experience where the thing I was looking for outside of myself I saw in myself. So apart from telling us what what that experience what what did that experience do to you? What changed? It's sort of like knowing say you're really really thirsty and you feel like you have to go and knock on everyone's door to ask if they've got some water and then you just realize that you have this stream that you could have just got mm. a cup and just had some all mm. along and it's constantly there and it's constantly flowing and it's like maybe you don't and for me that's why the water and being with nature is so important because it's like it does it never stops and it's never the same but you get different things from it when you need them. It's like sometimes it's incredibly still, sometimes you can see your own reflection, sometimes it's nourishing because, or you can clean yourself. It's, to me that's how I feel about um, 
the practice is that it, you don't need the same thing from it every time but it can adapt depending on where you're at and that again you decide that it's like no one's saying you have to do three sets of pauses every day and they all have to be like this and you have to get these numbers it's like no you're d the reason you're doing it is to make you feel better you feel more connected it's irrelevant to me really in that respect what the pauses are and even actually removing the timer for me was one of the biggest sort of things it was like well i don't need i don't need to know how long it is i just need to know whether i feel better or not um, I think it's for the practitioner that it's useful to have the numbers as a gauge of where someone's at. But for myself, it's like I have a song that I sing in my head and I know, oh, if I start breathing at this point, that's roughly what number I'm in. So I've kind of, that's how I gauge it. It's like your own internal rhythm, your own internal stream. And tell us, tell us about the experience. What, what what happened there? What? what experience? The mirror experience. Yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing where at the time it was completely and utterly life changing. And then you're like, if I tell anyone about this, they will think I'm mad. And then it's like, well, that doesn't really matter. So it's like, I don't know. Essentially, I sat cross-legged doing shallow breathing um, in front of a big mirror that was placed on the floor. So I've, I've created this space for myself um, in this shepherd's hut. Um, it was a very calming space. It was reminiscent to me of my narrow boat. Um, and I was feeling really depressed. And I just sort of thought, I'm going to look at my sit cross-legged on the floor and look at myself in the mirror um which i did not really knowing why i was doing it um i just felt that's i just needed to do that and then as i was looking at my face i was just these thoughts of like i just i just really just, I just look so tired so unattractive and, the, and then you have this instant feeling of oh if i pull this sort of face will i look better will i again like ignoring exactly the feeling i was having i was like no i'm gonna just not do that i'm gonna look at my face like i've never looked at it before and allow myself to see what is really there what am i really seeing and what i really saw was just this really old tired fear i don't know it's like my face began to sort of morph and tears were just streaming down my face um and i was just it, I don't know, it's like my face was, it was me, but it wasn't me at the same time. And I was looking into my left eye. So it was sort of, yeah, so in the mirror at my, at my what is my left eye. Um, and the whole area around there began to sort of, all of the lines that I could see somehow deepened. And I'm not, sure exactly what it was a dialogue was happening um as my face became not my face um and the tears were still flowing and i was i sort of cleared my mind in that my thoughts weren't me and my face also wasn't me um and 
I think I mentioned before the work that I do often is non-verbal and I have these eye connections with people and I manage to tap into certain emotions through body language and eye contact with people and I've witnessed it being really transformative for them and I've not really ever known what it was that made that happen but the only thing I can describe is that I did that with myself and it was it it was like I was two separate things so there was the me in a physical body and then there was the the me that was not me in the mirror and there was this moment where the me in my mind saw the me in my left eye and they had this ex- <laughs> they had this exchange and then my mouth moved so that I didn't feel my physical mouth move but in the reflection this smile came and then the tears were sort of stru- streaming down and then there was this twinkle in the left eye which had become this kind of old woman with the wrinkles and everything and it it then there was a sort of series of flashes um, where my face became lots of different things in quick succession and the tears were still, still kind of being released but not from a place of um, sadness just a kind of shedding of many things so who were those women was it um, you was it yeah i mean to be honest like at the time it didn't, and even now, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter, um, because I know what I saw. So what was it? It was the sense of something that is well, something that's bigger than me that is me, but is also completely unknown, but also known at the same time. Because um, the, the old woman that you saw, it was a very reverent image, right? It wasn't. It wasn't someone who was just old and decrepit, it was a reverent sort of um, old woman's image. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing was because I felt suicidal for so much of my life and there's always been this sense and certainly in the, the weeks leading up to that point there was this this sense of like I have to be an old woman and I don't know why but I've always Mm. felt this thing of at some point I need to be an old woman which means I have to still be alive um and you're gonna do it with no hurry at all (laughs) and it was almost like what I saw was this sense of you're already the thing you've always already been the thing but at some point physically you will also be this thing but the thing that physically you'll be at that point in time already exists, it's already here. And that's the reason that you're still alive, even though another part of you has wanted to be dead. Now you need to shift that and focus on this thing, which is this sparkle in the eye, but also this old wisdom that can accompany you to that point in the future, if that makes sense. It's like... Um, so what, what's the difference between the two, you know, this aspect of your personality that in the past was sort of putting you down really almost violently, yeah? mm. to the point that you wanted to kill yourself and this 
old woman who actually encompasses part of your spirit that is very nourishing, very very strong, very compassionate, very wise. Mm. What what is that all about? <laughs> well, I think that's something that, and I think what I realised directly after that experience. So I was still doing the advanced course, and I didn't actually mention <laughs> mention to anyone on the course that this had happened because it sort of it was it was and it wasn't relevant because I think the instant thing after you experience something like that is to feel like you've somehow discovered some sort of secret that is I don't know a new form of truth and I think that's where a bending of reality um, can happen and for me it was like I'm not saying this is the ultimate truth of things in that moment I experienced that but it doesn't mean that my quest now is to tap into that all the time and that I'm going to look in all mirrors trying to find this old woman. It's like, no, that's not, that's not the purpose of, of this. It's not saying that that is more real than this. Um, but it's just, I know in the times where I am maybe struggling again, that it's another thing in my toolkit, essentially, of um, not expecting that that sort of thing will happen every time, but that there are things greater than my suffering at play. Um, and that's where the advanced has kind of, I don't know, welcomed that. Because I think before I was so afraid of what I was feeling that, because in that, in that moment with the mirror, I allowed myself to really see and to really feel all of it. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to do some pauses to make this go away. Because I don't think that is always a thing. It's like, okay, I'm doing shallow breathing. I know that I am in control of, I'm not, I'm not hysterical in a way that I'm going to hurt myself or others. I'm sitting incredibly calmly. I'm doing shallow breathing, but this is here. And I'm not going to pretend that it's not. And I think a lot of the time, people feel that and the instant thing is this shouldn't be happening this needs to stop this isn't okay I need to have medication or I need something to make this go away and it's actually well sometimes if you're and I don't want to use courageous in the sense that it's like I'm some like better than other people thing but it's just like sometimes you if you trust in your own ability to hold pain and I think that's where if you have felt something for a number of years, it's like you don't have that same sense of what, like, what have I got to lose really? It's like, you know, I've been in places darker than this, what, what have I got to lose, um, like rolling out the welcome map for this thing? Yeah, so what, from what you're saying, it seems that there is like a connection between the two, right? The nasty thoughts that are pushing you down and, and and the greatness of what you actually really are. And I mean great in the sense that you are complete, that there's nothing to... You described it very well, right? You were knocking on different doors and no one was opening. And then you realize, well, there's this stream that I have access to any time. And uh, it's me, actually, mm. right? Mm. And it seems that the whole depression and anxiety and even the medicines are there to sort of 
push all that down and to, to avoid that. We are afraid of our essence, basically. It's, it's really tough. It's really... It requires wisdom. It requires experience. It, it requires to be a bit older, really, to tap into those things. It's, it's, it's actually yeah. very good. Yeah. Okay, so if you don't... You know, we could we could leave it there unless yeah, you want I mean, to. I think we are. I mean, obviously, I've done the talking for the most part. Today, we are complete. We are, we are, yeah. and we're also talkers, both of us. Uh huh. Um, so we could carry on. I'm sure. No, I'm sure. If you have something else to say, um, say it. I mean, I think each one of these that we do, whatever has come up in the conversation, is relevant at that time, and it also then propels me to my next thing. So I think for today, that's enough <laughs> to perfect to have captured. And then if we were to do this in a few days' time, what I have to say would probably be different. Yeah, you're going to be processing the processing of the experience, yeah. and more things will come to your mind to to be more specific about it and to to give even better perspective of what's mm. going on. Mm. Because I with. haven't consolidated it at all, because the process is still happening, sure. and it's not in my best interests to keep going over what's come before. I'm very no. much in the moment, so it's kind of it's only during these sorts of conversations where I actually do take stock of the last. Well, in this case, I guess <laughs> all of my life. I don't know, <laughs> but, yeah. but in terms of with the method, the, the last sort of year or so. Beautiful. Okay, thank you so much for being so open. You're talking about very personal things, but I think it, uh, it could help a lot of people, actually. I think your inner life is very interesting, um, not just in the sense that you are special, but it could help other people to find the special self that mm. they all have inside. So thank you. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> oh my god, I am... Um...